Now, here's how the plan works. The plan takes the money from Obamacare's Medicaid expansion that 31 states opted into about five years ago or something and turns that pool into a, uh, a new pool of money that gets redivided into block grants to all the states, whether they opted in five years ago or not. So that means states like my home state of New York loses a lot of money while my home state of South Carolina would get a lot of money. So half of me is totally on board with this. That's actually pretty good uh, political humor. Yeah, that's the way it's going to work, too. Yeah, um, it's just, uh, again, the theme why we shouldn't have a democracy. Everybody like Jimmy Kimmel with his heartfelt stuff about his kid. Oh, that reminds me. I ought to talk about that foul ball at the Yankees game that hit the, the little girl, two-year-old girl. Oh, my God, tragic. You know, maybe because it's on my mind, I'll talk about it. And it was just so sad. I was watching the video, and and it's too early to know. She was hit in the face by a foul ball that was moving probably at 100 miles per hour. Two-year-old little girl there with her grandparents. They had great seats at the Yankees game. Uh, her, her grandmother, I think it is, says it's too early to know whether she'll need surgery or not. She will survive. She's She's, you know, her life will go on. They don't think there's, as far as I have heard, there's no brain damage or anything like that. Jeez, that's a miracle. But terrible, terrible injury. I mean, she may need facial surgery. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, I've been hit in the face by plenty of baseballs uh, as a like a grown young man, and it can do terrible things to you. Anyway, uh, let's pray she's okay. But to watch the players, I mean, it's touching in a way, but... Oh, you got players weeping. Oh, I mean, hell yeah. Weeping They're... on the field. You got guys just squatting down, staring at the ground. You got everybody with their head in their hands. Just well, to... you'd have a lot of young dads in that crowd. Yeah. So that would be. Actually, the guy who hit the ball has two children under three. Yeah. And it's just heartbroken. Oh, I can't imagine. imagine. I yeah. can't even imagine you would. Uh... Oof. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see these guys are human beings and you know, are. are Warriors on the field to play, uh, you know, it's it's a sad occasion, obviously, but these young men's compassion and everything is, is kind of touching. Uh, I mentioned this early in the show. Mark Teixeira, who was the first baseman of the New York Yankees for years and years, said he couldn't look into the stands anymore after a couple of years in the league because baseballs do a lot of damage with if they hit somebody who's not ready or, you know, the the gent who hit the ball, whose name I don't recall. Um, But he said that ball is moving at 100 miles per hour, at least in hooking. A major league ball player to have trouble getting his glove on that. Never mind yeah. a grandma, a grandpa in the stands with bare hands. But anyway, Tish Harris said it was just it was too much. He couldn't look in the stands anymore because it upset him too much. So and they're talking about expanding now the netting. Do you think that's a good idea? I mean, we've 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 managed for a hell of a long time with the way it is, um, and it you know I don't like looking through the net. It's yeah, I don't either. Honestly, it's uh, well, it's you know, it's a private business that has now. Deep pockets and, and ridiculous liability concerns. So Says that, on your ticket you might get hit with a ball. That's right. It actually does, uh, more or less. Uh, so I have a feeling I know which way it's going to go uh, as America gets safer and safer and safer and safer um, and a little more veal caffy. Uh, on the other hand, they'll put up the nets. If people still go, they get used to the nets. I guess they'll get used to the nets. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll be like... Uh, Along the entire field, or what? Those of us who seldom to never have seats that good, it won't matter to us. No, indeed. Any foul ball is going to hit me. It's usually on top of the head because it went straight up. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so uh, was, where was I on that? Blah, 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 blah. What was that? There was something. Uh, oh, the, oh, the Obamacare thing. The, the thing that bothers me about all the, the jokes and the Kimmel thing and the rest of it is Obamacare was an incredibly expensive not going to work mess as it was designed. 
And then after it was implemented, all of the responsible, tough adult stuff to pay for it was suspended. So Obamacare never existed, really. What existed was a shell of it that is going to run up trillions of dollars in debt and paid for itself by charging exorbitant rates to young people for insurance they didn't need. It was, it was a terrible idea from the beginning. So the idea that the Republicans are some sort of heartless baby killers for trying to come up with a different idea when they ought to just let Obamacare be. You're talking about something that never existed. It was a brilliant idea if you wanted to expand socialized medicine, which they did. That was a brilliant, brilliant Which was maneuver. the intent? Um, what about, because I hear this a lot, so I'll be complaining about it, and they'll say, well, you're not on Obamacare. They're not talking about you. Because I'm not. But, right. but my, 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 uh, uh, my deductible, like, quadrupled after mm-hmm. Obamacare happened. Is that because of Obamacare? That yeah. wasn't going to happen otherwise. Uh, part it? of it is. A substantial part of it is, yeah. Because it was insurance a market, costs market change. Yeah. I mean, it was a major got-my-attention change, me and many, many other people. Yeah. And keep in mind, even with that, the insurance companies have been getting massive bailouts. Um, but So the, the whole thing's just a complete mess. But the idea, oh, they're going to, we're going to lose $80 billion in funding. Yeah, from a program that was a complete debacle. Maybe you liked some facets of it. But once again, we have no interest in paying for any of this or even discussing how to pay for any of it. Jimmy Kimmel says, you know, for the cost of not cutting taxes for, for the rich, the quote-unquote not cutting the taxes for the rich would cover a, a minuscule, tiny, tiny, tiny little percentage of it, maybe 1%, 2% of the cost of the thing. It's trillions and trillions of dollars. So I just I get tired of the, the, the bleating, as in sheep, about it, with all due respect to Jimmy and his sick little boy and people in similar situations, we are not having an adult discussion about it. Well, we mentioned earlier, so where's my ass out? Our regular guest, Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, looked at it as he's looked at all this stuff. This is what he does for a living and said, I don't care if it passes or not. The new Republican version. It's gotten so watered down over the bit by bit that doesn't make any difference. Yeah. At this point, it's passing something to pass something. You got to tear You got to. Uh, tear the thing down completely and figure out what Americans want and how to pay for it. Go to committee, take a year, take two years, take three years, and figure the effort out. Because what's being done now politically is it's it's beyond stupid. It, it doesn't begin to approach the problem in an adult way. And it just it makes me nuts. And everybody's yelling at each other self-righteously about it. You have no idea what you're talking about. And neither do I. So ends the discussion. So the Manafort thing, oh my God, we're almost out of time. Any luck getting Jay Carney, the fabulous Jay Carney? Tim Carney. Tim Carney? Jay I'll take Jay too. Carney, too. I'll take a Carney from the State Fair. No? Uh, Tim Carney, okay. Uh, maybe you get Tim Carney. I figured out the whole Manafort thing, the Russia collusion thing, about 90% of it, including the Obama administration's sins, what they did with the unmasking, the leaking, the rest of it. Figured all right. it all out. I, I really ought to call Robert Mueller. Tell him, hey, you're wasting a lot of taxpayer money. Here's what happened. <laughs> so FBI shows up at uh, Manafort's house, picks the lock, goes in, guns out. Paul Manafort, forget about Searches it. Searches him and his wife in the early morning hours. That's a heck of a Pats thing. Pats her down in her nighty. For a guy in a fancy house wearing $10,000 suits, that's a hell of a thing to have on a, on a weekday morning. Yeah, I'm sure his uh, his wife, and I don't know, maybe their high school sweethearts been t- together forever. If I had to guess, I'd guess no. But <laughs> I'm thinking his wife is, is thinking to herself, 
I didn't sign up for this. Right, right. So Joe's got to figure it out. That's cool. Oh, and the words that we got to stop using? Otherwise, you sound lame. Don't want to do that? Oh, yeah. What's in, what's out? All the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Look, I think if anybody, and I've said this, Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, or Rick Gates, or Carter Page, or anybody else (laughs) attempted to influence the outcome of the U.S. election through any means that's inappropriate, through collusion, coordination, or cooperation, I hope they go to jail for the rest of their lives. It's very simple. Our our election process is too serious. Our democracy... Uh, That's our man, Corey... Why did they interview Corey in a bathroom? I don't know. Uh, he was speaking at an event at George Washington University. Held well, in the bathroom. Do microphones scare him so they kept it eight <laughs> feet from him? But anyway, Corey said, if you couldn't understand it, that if anybody, and he listed a whole bunch of different names of people involved in the Trump campaign, if any of those people, and he said, b- b- practically involved with Russia in any way, some of those things aren't crimes, but um, they should go to jail forever. Can, uh, let's hear it again. Corey Lewandowski. Look, I think if anybody, and I've said this, Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, or Rick Gates, or Carter Page, or anybody else (laughs) attempted to influence the outcome of the U.S. election through any means that's inappropriate, through collusion, coordination, or cooperation, I hope they go to jail for the rest of their lives. It's very simple. Our, Our election process is too serious. That is Corey Lewandowski, who is uh, Trump's original campaign manager back when they were kind of doing it on a lark and they had a staff of one. Uh, and then he was ousted as a campaign manager, went in, went out. You remember, he allegedly roughed up that gal. Maybe he didn't. Um, and he's still advising the president. Evidently, he's still within the uh, the frequent phone call inner circle, according to sources that may or may not be accurate. So that's Corey Lewandowski. And as has been pointed out on this show and many others, collusion is a political term. It's not a. It's not against the law to collude with somebody. Right. At some point, does it become espionage? Does it become doing the bidding of a foreign government? Or a foreign government uh, getting involved in our elections, although that's something they can't do. Well, right. It's, uh, yeah. Can, it's, it's very fuzzy. It's very uh, fuzzy as in un- unfocused legal ground. Um But it's not technically just a a crime just to collude with some foreign country. Right. We do it all the time because you're supposed to. And we've got to resist it like crazy all the time because you can't let that happen. It's it's offensive. Not as in, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. It's offensive as in it's an (laughs) offensive weapon that you use to mold the world to your purposes. We want to mold the world to our purposes, so I'm not in favor of it. I'm just saying it's fairly stock espionage. You would hope that if uh, mm-hmm. the news came out that a, a presidential candidate's campaign was working with another country to undermine our process, that they they would pay a price oh, yeah. at the polls, and that's how it would get handled. Well, yeah, absolutely. But if anybody did commit a crime, throw the book at them. Sure. Throw, you're freaking colluding with the Russians to upset right. our elections? Enjoy jail, scumbag. That's no my problem. attitude. No problem. So if you're looking for Republicans, Democrats, Democrats, Republicans, I'm an R, I'm a D, crap, you're not going to get it here, all right? Here's what I think is going on. First thing you have to know, Paul Manafort, who, Jack, if you were described to describe him, how would you describe him? He looks like a criminal. He looks like a criminal. <laughs> so Paul Manafort has been under investigation, according to several leaky sources, since 2014. By the FISA court intelligence service type people. This is way before he was involved in the Trump campaign. 
Paul Manafort, heard him called a Beltway Bandit the other day, looked it up. You know, he's one of those, uh, one of the many uh, advocates, uh, lobbyists, consultants, etc., that get rich in D.C. trying to get tax dollars or influence policy or whatever else. And his specialty works with foreign governments. So this is a guy who was probably playing fast and loose with the responsibilities of a good citizen and, you know, to what extent we ought to be helping out evil regimes. He had... Close ties to people with close ties to Vlad Putin uh, and has for quite some time. And he's gotten very, very wealthy doing that. Um, and, and so and Trump chose him to be the campaign guy. Right. Exactly. So the uh, the foreign policy peeps in the Obama administration are well, are well aware of Paul Manafort and have been eyeballing him. For the reasons I just mentioned, then he becomes Trump's campaign chief and your Susan's rice and your Samantha's power. And your Barack's Obama and, and the foreign policy apparatus and, and James Clapper, old bald headed, looks like he's uh, hasn't slept in weeks. James Clapper, uh, director of Central Intelligence, all those guys are like, Paul freaking Manafort. And so their suspicions were aroused. This is while Trump's going around saying oddly nice things about Vladimir Putin. Correct. They've got all these Russian guys. Phones tapped all the time. Pre-Trump, that's just always, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, always, always. And if crazy you... sound coming in my ear, exactly. That's probably the phone <laughs> tap, uh, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Um, thank you for resetting that, Sean. Uh, so, so that's the situation. So they're like, "Holy crap, Paul Manafort!" Meanwhile, as Trump gets closer to the nomination than is the nominee, than is the president-elect. Obama and company have enormous contempt for Trump and several of the people he's working with. Now, whether this happened before or after the election, the inauguration, whatever, or the uh, the uh, nomination, the inauguration, I don't know. But you got people who combined legitimate suspicion of some of the people involved and contempt and political animus toward them. And Susan Rice, or Samantha Power, uh, UN, uh, she's part of the national security team, but she had hundreds of American names unmasked who were accidentally picked up in the course of the investigation into, or, or keeping an eye on the Russians. Hundreds of names, really unprecedented. She and Susan Rice went way overboard trying to figure out if Trump and company were up to something naughty, through Paul Manafort, whatever, Trump hires a guy who's already in, under investigation and is probably dirty. Unwittingly, I'm sure. Trump, I, I could, unwittingly, Trump. Trump unwittingly hires yeah. Manafort, uh, has no idea that Man- he's already being looked at. He just M- thinks he's a man of the world. Manafort is dirty wittingly. Right. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. That's how he makes his living. Consorting with uh, Eastern European strongmen. You got the Obama administration's legitimate uh, concern plus contempt plus thinking Trump would lose going way overboard in unmasking names and then leaking like crazy. I believe at the highest levels, the Obama administration was and these are felonies they're committing, leaking the names, the the context of conversations, et cetera, et cetera, to get, for instance, uh, uh, General uh, General Flynn uh, to embarrass uh, Don Jr., et cetera, et cetera. 
So I just think everybody was going way further than they should have. And everybody's going to end up dirty. And what Robert Mueller is going to say is, all right, folks, I'm done. We have a number of problems we need to talk about here. His final revelation could be so damned interesting. It could be Trump hired a couple of crooks. I'm not exactly sure why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, The the Obama administration was doing all kinds of illegal things. Here's all the people that have been leaking on every side you can think of doing stuff that's completely illegal. Now, remember, Trump fired Manafort. At some point. I don't remember precisely when. It didn't last long. No, it, was, it wasn't It was long. Was it six weeks or eight weeks or something like that? But anyway, so whether Trump and his gang of political neophytes, including his boy who met with that Russian lawyer who's clearly a tool of the Kremlin, hoping to get some negative Hillary dirt, whether they crossed legal lines, uh, espionage lines, uh, uh, ethical lines, et cetera, et cetera, we will find out. Um, and am I making an excuse for them uh, being by calling them political neophytes? Yeah, I probably am, because I thought the campaign was floundering and idiotic about half the time. It was also incredibly effective because Trump understood the mood of a lot of America. Um, I don't think we're going to come up with anything close to Trump and company were foreign agents. I also think we're going to see a lot of leaking on the Obama side, and I think it's just going to be an embarrassment fest all around. That is my guess. Anybody I can think, get into my f***ing ear at any time. Well, see, you need better national security or ear security, Lawrence. Um, but I get now why the Obama administration was so focused on unmasking all those names and leaking everything. Because they knew Manafort was dirty, or they thought he was dirty. Um, and allegedly he's about to be indicted. We'll see. And if there is anything, it's going to come out through Manafort because he's going to do something to save his own skin. Something tells me they're going to threaten him with a hell of a lot of jail time. If there is anything on Trump, if Trump himself did anything and Manafort knows about it, he's going to be put in a position of, you better tell us or you're going to jail for a long time. Both uh, Susan Rice and Samantha Powers are congenital liars, by the way. They wouldn't know the truth if it crawled up and bit them on the ass. Um, and they've lied throughout this entire thing. That will come out as well. So there's some question by legal experts. Can Trump... Oh, Clapper, too. I think Clapper's a liar. Disappoints me to say that. I used to like him. Can Trump uh, pardon Manafort? At what point can you pardon somebody? You have to wait until they're actually convicted of something? Or can you can you just clear them preemptively? Uh, that's an interesting question. It um, is apparently an interesting legal question that nobody's exactly sure about. Well, also, wise Democrats who think uh, Manafort may be dirty and deserves a bit of an ass-kicking, um, or a long stretch in the federal pen. Well, not the federal pen. That's my whole point, Joe. Pay attention to your point, Joe, before you start jabbering. Um, <laughs> they're uh, they're working with the state uh, authorities in New York to get him for all sorts of financial stuff because a president can't pardon you for state charges, just federal charges. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I thought a president yeah. could pardon anybody for That's anything. That's what I've read. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so also, if if Trump told Manafort, "Don't worry about it. I will pardon you," is that obstruction of justice? is another legal question that nobody's sure of. Mm. If Trump mm. said to Manafort, don't talk, don't you know, keep your mouth shut if you want to, because whatever happens to you, I will pardon you, is that obstruction of justice? It's an interesting legal question. I don't know. Uh, let's see. The pardon power of the president extends only to offenses recognizable under federal law. However, the governors of most of the 50 states have the power to grant pardons for state criminal law, but 
The, the governor of New York ain't gonna. <laughs> right. Okay, well Old then. Andy Cuomo. Well, then that ain't gonna work. Nope. Okay. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got the latest on Trump's decision on that nuke deal with Iran. We've got California Governor Brown's Twin Tunnels plan taking a hit and the crony train getting a boost. And oh, my God, that's funny. I just read a great piece on how horrible the crony train is by a guy who initially supported it. And we've got new warnings about the dangers of Nerf guns. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Boy, Kenny. those new Nerf guns, they are dangerous. We make our kids wear uh, eye protection when they're playing with them. I mean, you could easily take somebody's eye out with one of those. You're grown soft, Jack. You're soft on me. Or you, you got to teach reflexes. kids about life. <laughs> exactly. You, you got to have reflexes. Or you got to be better with the Nerf gun than your opponent. That's how we build men I would love and to women. Have, I would have loved to have the current modern Nerf gun when I was a kid. They're awesome. And then a lot of eye patches in my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So apparently kids at youth football games are kneeling for the national anthem. I didn't know they had the national anthem at youth football games, but now the kids are kneeling. We'll talk about that, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the New York Times reporting the president's leaning toward decertifying Iran's compliance with the international nuclear deal reached two years ago. Trump reportedly wants to reopen talks on the nuke deal rather than scrap it altogether. He is using the threat of decertification to try to force all parties to renegotiate. Some of our European allies are saying they are willing to return to the bargaining table. Meanwhile, you got Secretary of State Rex Tillerson caught off guard during a briefing of reporters Wednesday when, after he had a private meeting with Iranian officials at the U.N., Tillerson came out and declared Trump was still considering what to do about the U.N.-backed nuke deal. That's when a reporter quickly corrected Tillerson, saying Trump actually had said publicly just hours earlier he'd made up his mind. The president saying, I have decided, I'll let you know. Tillerson looked somewhat sheepish, acknowledging. First, as to the president making a decision, as he indicated earlier, I think in uh, a press avail or spray somewhere that he had made a decision. Uh, He has not shared that with anyone externally. Uh, Prime Minister May asked him if if he would share it with her, and he said no. How about that? So you're the Secretary of freaking State, and you have to come out and say, oh, he's, he's made a decision. Well, he hasn't He hasn't told me what the decision is. So. Right. In fact, he didn't even tell me he made a decision. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Yeah, well, uh, that's the way Trump operates. You yeah. know, the one thing that's different from other presidents, because a president will make a decision and then advise his advisors, all right, I've come to a decision. The difference with Trump, because he's got, seriously, like 30 times as long experience as a media figure than he does as a, a, a politician or president, is he thinks, okay, they want an answer. Yeah, I've got an answer for you. We'll tell you right after this. Right. I mean, that's right. what he's always doing. Absolutely. Like right. he's going to sell a commercial right. before he gives you the announcement. Right, exactly. He should do that. He should walk up to the podium sometime. Prime time address. Am I going to end the nuclear deal with Iran? I'll tell you. In 60 seconds. Then they run an ad for Napa Auto Parts. Right, exactly. Which he charges a half a billion dollars for. Then he says, no, we're going to leave it alone. 
You know, lots being made out of Tillerson uh, being humiliated and hung out to dry and never before as a Secretary of State. Well, that much is true. But here's the thing. It's Donald Trump. <laughs> it's just he does stuff in a crazy way compared to other presidents. California Democratic Governor candidate, Governor's candidate Antonia Villaraigosa is pushing Governor Brown's alleged high-speed rail project as a way to really help the economy. California's investment is an opportunity to connect the two economic powerhouses of the state. They're already connected. If liar. The former L.A. Hop mayor. on a plane. Former- It'll take you like an hour. Former L.A. mayor telling reporters in Fresno the project would help diversify the economy in the Central Valley. And he also managed to ding Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom, who's considered the frontrunner in next year's race, saying he flip-flopped on whether the crony train was a good idea or not. The Crony Express. Listen to this. Quentin Cop is an icon of California mm-hmm. politics. He introduced the legislation that established the rail line, became chairman of the High Speed Rail Authority. He helped convince California voters in 08 to hand over $9 billion in bonds to the rail authority to get the program going. Here's COP today, quote, It is foolish and it is almost a crime to sell bonds and encumber the taxpayers of California at a time when this is no longer high-speed rail. Wow. And the litigation which is pending will result, I am confident, in the termination of the high-speed rail authority's deceiving plan. Well, they they might know that. It doesn't matter. Every dollar that gets spent is a dollar that goes to somebody. So they don't care. They don't care if it's... That's what I've been saying for years. There'll never be a damn train. We're going to pay for a train. There's never going to be a train. When the legislature cleared the way for the rail authority to begin selling the bonds in early 2017 to fund construction, the agency declared it a milestone. Cop said, it's deceit. That's not a milestone. It's desperation because high-speed rail is out of money. They have violated virtually every provision of the uh, the ballot uh, initiative. The guy, Virtually every single aspect of it has been violated. So the guy who started the whole yeah. thing is willing to come out and say, it's yeah. just a regular train now. It's not high-speed rail, which we've been mentioning for years, by the way. Right. And nobody has caught on, and the media doesn't care or something. Plus, the initiative said there has to be, was it half or a huge amount of private investment to make it work? There's no private investment. Other than companies saying, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll build your locomotives for you. Sure we will. That's not investment. God, this is such an enormous fraud. So Antonio Villagrosa is pro-fraud and pro-theft from the taxpayers. Well, at least we know his stance. It just sucks. Thanks, Lawrence. Lawrence what? O'Donnell there. Playing with a Nerf gun might seem like harmless fun, but eye doctors at a hospital in London are coming out against the toys, warning parents about them. Published in the British Medical Journal, the doctors recounted cases of patients having to be treated for internal bleeding in the eye after being hit with Nerf gun bullets. Although all the patients made a full recovery, doctors are really concerned the toys can cause long-term vision loss. Oh, they're they're absolutely warning parents. You're a friggin' moron if you can't figure this out on your own, but... Um, Yeah, they fired the Nerf bullets. They're little little short bullets. They're like two and a half inches long and... We always call them darts. Do they no longer look like darts anymore? No. They're just okay. a little cylinder with a hard plastic end on it. Looks like well, a bullet is what it looks like. Well, it's a and, good thing to call them. And you can get little six shooters. You can get these big, like, machine gun things you can yes. really load up. But it fires, like, the size of this room. You wouldn't be able to see it. It, it goes that fast. Wow. I shoot it at you. Really? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you can't see it oh from my close God. up. That is so different than the ones my kids oh, were yeah. playing with. I know. It's a, it's a full-on. I'm surprised. Right. This and since when my kids first got them, I thought, these are more like BB guns than they are like anything that's ever had to do with the word nerf. Maybe you couldn't see it. I'll catch them with <laughs> chopsticks. <laughs> now, clear across the room, if you're like 25 feet away, you can kind of see it coming, but you still got to be quick to be able to duck out of the way. They're fun, but yeah. we, we wear uh, glasses, right. like safety glasses when we play with them. That hits you on the skin. Oh, it hurt. If you're close, it hurts. Definitely hurts. All right, get your attention. Oh, yeah. That's how you learn not to get hit with it. Yeah, it's closer to paintball than it is anything Nerf-related. That's how you learn to win. (laughs) (laughs) One last note. NFL players want the league to take a stand for social activism. Yahoo Sports reporting the Seahawks' Michael Bennett, the Eagles' Malcolm Jenkins, and uh, Torrey Smith, and uh, the recently retired Anquan Bolden wrote a letter to the NFL. They want the NFL to establish a month dedicated to... To social activism. Okay. Well, the the numbers are out. Week de- one was down 15%. Mm. Week two was down 12%. This ain't going to help. So a month dedicated to social act- activism is not going to help. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. The owners, the advertisers, the networks are in a panic over this. Um, so we'll see what happens. Nothing lasts forever. No, but the earth and sky, Kansas, 1977. <laughs> I could be wrong on that date. I didn't look it up. <laughs> so we're going to talk to Art Carney? <laughs> no, I believe that cherished veteran entertainer's past. Yes. Indeed, we'll be talking to Tim Carney of the oh. Washington Examiner. The, uh, what's he with? The, 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 the National Review or something? No, he's the Examiner. The Examiner. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, coming up, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We like talking to old friends on the Armstrong and Getty Show. People have been with us for a long time. We have a rapport. It's good to have a rapport. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of time, so let's jump right into a conversation with one of those fine fellows, Tim Carney, commentary editor at the Washington Examiner, author of uh, a handful of really good books talking about how uh, big money influences politics and screws you. Really hoping for a new tome out of Tim Carney soon. Any chance of that, Tim? Yep, there's a, there is one coming uh, next year. I think I'm not allowed to uh, tell you what it is, or if I did, I'd have to kill you. It's a profile of the Kardashians based on the rumors I'm I'm hearing. Yeah. So speaking of colorful uh, personages, in the, the limited time we have, uh, we were talking earlier about earlier about Paul Manafort and the uh, allegations, the collusion, etc. Paul Manafort and his career, I think, are worth taking a closer look at. What should people know about this gent? He is literally a foreign agent. That is, there is a uh, a, law, a federal law going back uh, a few decades and saying that if you do any sort of lobbying or public relations in the United States for a foreign government or political entity, then you have to register. So uh, Paul Manafort for years was doing this for... Uh, basically the pro-Putin party in Ukraine. That in Ukraine, there's a lot of people who consider themselves more Russian than Ukrainian. The the party that they're around was very closely allied with Putin, and Manafort was working on their behalf, both in Ukraine and in the United States. All right, now having said that... Other clients that he hasn't hasn't disclosed, whether it's because he didn't represent them in the U.S. or just didn't get around to it, we don't know. Okay, which brings us to the great lead of your your story today in The Examiner, in which you point out the, the great adage for people using the Internet, 
If something is free, if you're not paying for something, you're not the customer, you're the product. And how does that relate to Paul Manafort? Um, so the you mentioned tech, just to make the analogy clear. Facebook is free to you because you are not uh, the customer. You, the user, are what Facebook sells to either advertisers or to other people who want to know your personal information so that they can sell stuff to you. The customers of Facebook are these businesses. The product is the user. So here, the seller is Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort, though, wasn't selling his services to Donald Trump because he volunteered to work for Donald Trump for free. If Trump knew this adage, he would have said, wait a second, if I'm not paying, I'm the product. Who's the customer? And I think the customer was these Putin allies and these latest uh, reports from the Washington Post uh, reinforces that idea. That is really interesting. So the idea being, look, I know what you guys kind of want. I'll grant you access to Trump or at least put a word in his ear. Exactly. And so at one point, Manafort did offer uh, to make a, a meeting between top Trump campaign officials and top Russian officials who were who were close to uh, close to Putin. So that's a point where we say, was this what he was selling? Did he join the Trump campaign so that he could then go back to his clients and say, hey, if uh, if you want access to the Trump campaign, I can provide that. So we got a bunch of texts from people saying we're being completely naive or just plain, you know, trying to spin a story to claim that Trump didn't know what Manafort was about in being involved with the Russians and blah, blah, blah. Do you think do you think Manafort more or less tricked Trump? Is that what you're saying? If, you know, we don't know what's in anybody's mind. I think that uh, Manafort tricked Trump, yes. That's, that's my best guess. I don't think I'm being naive because I'll say this. Manafort was a guy, and I should dig up these stories. I remember news stories at the time saying Trump is finally moving on from this sort of amateur Corey Lewandowski and going with a real seasoned old beltway pro, Paul Manafort, back in the 90s and the you know before 2004 or so. He really knew his way around Washington. Trump, So Manafort sort of had that cred, but then was able to say in these memos that have since leaked, Hey, but I've been out of Washington for 12 years, mostly working with foreign clients, helping them win elections overseas. I have real stuff that I can prove. I'm not just a swamp creature, but back in the old days, I have this cred. So he had a a nice sales pitch there. As far as Trump's Russia ties, he did lots of business with Russia, and he sort of liked the the fact that he came out of those deals doing pretty well. And that was always Trump's sort of definition of whether he liked you or not. When he got into business with you, did he feel you treated him well? Right. If and it were so, you nice to him, uh, yeah, so I think he was he was susceptible to. He didn't think that Russia ties were bad because he said, "Hey, I did business with Russia and I came out okay." Tim Carney, commentary editor at the Washington Examiner, who's brutal on both parties. Just so you know this, and their ties to big business and Wall Street and the rest of it. Um, gosh, I don't think we have enough time. I, I was talking earlier about how I think the Obama administration. We barely have a minute, Jay or Tim was. Uh, they were convinced that something funny was going on, so Susan Power, Susan Rice went way overboard unmasking and unleaking stuff they shouldn't have. Would you agree? 
Yes, I, I do think that's uh, that's the case. We got a couple stories on the on the Washington Examiner about that. Um, but I will say this, just to return to Manafort, they actually stopped investigating Manafort, sort of during the campaign. So this is one of these things where I'm not, I don't doubt that they were political, but the investigations of Manafort were not uh, done during the time that it would have been most politically advantageous. Interesting. So a little restraint there. Hmm. Tim Carney, commentary editor at the Washington Examiner. Tim, this is way too short. Let's talk again soon if you have time. Absolutely. All right, great. Thanks a million. Fascinating stuff. Yeah, Tim is so good. He's really in the know and and super fair-minded too. So Manafort thought this guy's never going to be president, but uh, I can I can charge all these foreign people access plus, money for access. Plus, he had clients that owed him all sorts of money, so he's trying to get the money and give him a listen. I'll give you a little more, but you got to pay me. So there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, I think he's going to jail. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.